Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Glorio Chat, the best anime podcast on the internet. We are uh, back after a slightly extended break. Uh, we, we took last week off for several reasons. One of them being that there was still a lot of new shows airing last weekend, and it was going to be a bit much to get them all crammed in. But uh, that means we've got a big episode this week uh, with all the new uh, fall 2021 shows to talk all the about. All new shows you've not been looking forward to. We're, we're, <laughs> well, we're back. We're back from the anime minds. And uh, I we mean, are... we had, we had. Uh, was it spring season? Was 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 good. Summer season was bad. <laughs> and this season might be all right. Uh, this feels more like perhaps a return to equilibrium. It's yeah, a, like, I would it is say not... anime anime seasons are officially Star Trek movies now. <laughs> well, I think it's more that I, I you know look I I'll be real like I don't think based on early impressions I don't think this season is going to live up to like spring season I think spring was unusually good summer was unusually bad even by anime standards and this feels like a a, a return to the status quo you know yes so uh, yeah. That gives us a lot of things to talk about, so... Indeed. Before we get into it, to introduce everybody, I'm Jell. I'm joined by Iro. Hi, I'm still here. Not dead yet. Still with us. And uh, we're joined by G. What's good, everyone? And we're joined by Aqua. Uh, I have, in fact, been dead for a very long time, but I can still communicate with you through the power of technology and anime. Yes. Morpho Do you have the power tools. of God in anime on your side? <laughs> I, have the, clearly... I, I, have, I have the power of this will probably be my Halloween prank kind of thing because I won't be on the show for another five months. <laughs> <laughs> well, clearly there's nothing better to do in the afterlife than watch more anime, right? So, I mean, that's what happens when you go to hell. <laughs> <laughs> See, I just alley-ooped that one for you. All right. Well... Let's get into uh, new shows, and I figured this would be a good one to warm up with. Let's talk uh-huh. about. Uh, I get how how are you even supposed to say this technically? Tact talked opus destiny. Sure. Yes. Uh, this, of course, is uh, a, a tie-in multimedia project uh-huh, thing uh-huh, with uh-huh. a mobile game. The Stop us if you've heard this one before. <laughs> And uh, the, the the general premise being that the the uh, the girls are famous pieces of classical music yep. and they fight monsters. That being said, this is actually pretty good. Yeah, L- I... l- listeners, but coherent. Yeah, what if yeah. listeners was good? I, I guess the actual same. plot is like. <laughs> I guess the actual plot is like music has been like soft banned because. Playing music, some of the monsters. That's a good way of putting it. Because it, like, well, it's not that people can't like. Well, it's a little, it's a little weird. I feel like people play music, and the the, the big bad monsters called D twos show up. Right, and but also like that unless dude... you invite the music Nazis to supervise your music. But also like in episode two, like yeah, the kid's uh, just playing piano in his in his garage the whole time, and it doesn't attract monsters. So uh, but you sound see, he, he soundproofed like, his his garage. Well, okay, yeah. so <laughs> like, could people hum in the shower? Well, so first no, of all, let me just say, I feel like. I feel like this is a classic example of why you, 
you put the flashback episode second. Yes. Because mm-hmm. uh, the first episode kind of gets right to the point of it's what It's a really this... good, like, in media res, just like... Yes. How do, how do I put it? Like, episode one feels very much like a very good, like, you know, another day in the life of these, like, heroes, right? Like, mm-hmm. like here's your, like, three, like, vaguely, like, compelling dirt bags of got, different stripes. We got Oreki from Yoka and Saber and also <laughs> Yoko Littner like cruising through the southern exactly. United States and they're shouting car. in shouting in bad English uh, uh shout outs to Sharapu Sharapu yes <laughs> cuz they are I mean they they are in, a, in anime America right also oh, it's yeah. like 2050 like 2060 something or something 2047 I think like... no 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 that was when they made the Sagan declaration of oh, 2047 God. Uh... Yes. I mean, it's the nostalgia cycle. It's the 2060s and everything looks like the 1960s again. God. Yeah. But yes, I guess, yeah, to get into it, right? So, like, I think the thing, the reason why we are we are speaking positively about this is that, you know, even despite being, like, one of these, like, kind of cynical cash grab, like, multimedia projects, like, it's, it it's, it's generally fun. Like, the characters are simple, but they are... Mm-hmm. You know, broad, likable archetypes, right? Like, I mean, and it also helps that the, the the core premise of what I'm assuming the game and the anime are is the same. Namely, music is banned because if you play music, you attract monsters and they fight the monsters. That's right. like literally the premise. So they don't have and to like, adapt like a complicated, shitty gacha game storyline. Right. right. <laughs> and like, you know, it's it's a... How do I put this? Like... Man, I just love fake anime America. Like, <laughs> it's always super goofy. Like the idea that in fucking twenty like forty seven or whatever, you got this nineteen fifties diner. Or... Right, that there's like a fifties diner that would be like fucking out of like that would be out of place now, no less yes. forty years. Would out of place twenty years ago. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, don't be silly. Like you know how people are like. They will be building restaurants in the image of the like 50s, 60s. Yeah, I still, again. I do still like, have a place that looks like that near me. Yeah, <laughs> but like, and by twenty forty seven, they'll be serving like six dollar coffees and like twenty five dollar breakfast plates. Right. And it's like, what is ah, even the point? inflation? Um, <laughs> no, but as far as like, getting back to the first episode. Uh, it's it's pretty action packed. It looks fantastic. It looks like, good. Yeah. Like yeah. whoever whoever is making this did, is not treating this as a cash grab. They're like, this you know, a, I've, I've got my Mappa opportunity. And Madhouse collab. Right. That's the interesting thing about this. Right. Is that it's Double Mappa, M- the M M&M and M studio. You know, the people who famously split off from Madhouse working with Madhouse on <laughs> on the same project. Now we can have uh, tax evasion and worker abuse in the same production. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Mr. Mariyama. <laughs> That also, aside, who are you even kidding? In 2060, the American desert won't be habitable anymore. Uh, that is, that implies it's habitable now, right? Um, like, there's a weirdly <laughs> ima- there's a weird amount of like idyllic middle of America in episode two. That was yeah. a little like I don't know if this exists anymore, guys. Yeah, <laughs> it, um, and it doesn't I, as act- the actual case because I mean. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, if, this I, was, I, if this were the real world, Cosette would have gotten beaten up for being French. No, no, no. <laughs> she's, right, well, no, she's she's white. They would have gone after talked. All right, we, we can't we can't turn the discussion of this anime into uh, problems with America. <laughs> okay, so okay, then, then then here's the thing, right? Like, yeah, it's a really like I mean, it sounds it sounds like a broken record, but like episode one is just like really excellent from a presentation standpoint. Like just 
Yeah. It, it looks slick as hell. I think, Iro, you pointed out that a lot of the animation is being handled by, like, fate veterans. So, like, the animation, so, like, di- the action director for the show did a lot of key animation on, uh, like, more recent fate stuff. Yeah, I'm right. not surprised at all. Explains it very all much the big has... lasers and right. sparkles and shit. And very much that, yeah, like, like that very much that, like, like that, that, like, look of, like, really streaky lights, like, flashing across, like, yeah. as, as beam attacks are firing off. And then it has, like, this weird, like, panty and stocking yeah, that segment. Yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna that, bring like, that up. looks that really good. A, that would a fun little bit. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's when they, when she, when she does her little flashback of what happened at the factory or whatever, yeah. she's like, it's it's like, and I think that's a good example of one of the things I also like is how they 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 never take themselves quite too seriously. Yeah. Like a lot a lot of it is very serious, right? But they still inject a little bit of, um, I guess, self awareness or whatever. Yeah, I mean, I think it. I think this. Yeah, it's I still mean, wanted, fun. Yeah, I wanted to say like G said, the characters are like stereotypes but they're still lovable like you have cosette who is like the standard like saber emotionless warrior lady but she's like on the other hand they make it so they make it so over the top they're not also they're not just like cool badass no 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 i'll stick up for i'll stick up for Eero here saber (laughs) is not emotionless she is stoic due to the things she witnessed during her (laughs) war against mordred (laughs) anyway um yeah so i'm not I'm not dunking on Saber. I'm just saying. I will say this is what they. This this is what they're clearly trying well, to go well, for. Well, that like, said, I will agree with you there, Aqua, because also both Saber and Cosette like to eat a lot. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, but I think uh, what also upsells is like when they get to episode two and p- before she got transformed into a music person, and she has a like normal personality. She's just like a regular yeah. girl. Right? Yeah. It's like. <laughs> You know, I'm not going to say it's emotionally affecting because I barely know these characters, but right. it, it is an effective way to set up the stakes, right? Like, you start to get that, like, really good, like, creeping dread in in the flashback of, like, uh-oh, this is what she used to be. Like, that's not how she is currently. Like, right, what, something went mm-hmm. wrong. What went wrong here, yeah. right? And, Look, and, they, and they made it clear by establishing in the first episode that she's quote-unquote broken and they're headed to New York to quote-unquote fix her. So. Yeah, apparently, uh... Right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. That, that's where you go when you yeah. are broken and you need fixing. You yeah, New York. York, famously. Uh, <laughs> well, I might have some bad news for you. Mm. Guys, but, uh... but, and, but yeah, yeah. okay, I'll, I'll, I'll say this. I, I know go this ahead. is probably not how it's going to go, but if these people are truly writing fake anime America to its fullest, then I need, like... The, the guy in New York who is the famous fixer of instruments or, or whatever... <laughs> To be like a sixty-eight-year-old like Jewish guy who yes. has lived in New York City his whole life, <laughs> God, you know? yeah, like just crotchety old dude who just wants nothing to do with this. But look, man, if you need to get your brass instruments fixed, uh-huh. you gotta hit up Jerry on Sixteenth. Like it's gotta be him. Like yep. nobody else knows how to fix these the way he does. He's been doing this. He's been doing this here for forty years. <laughs> and when you get yeah. your instrument back, it will stink like cigarettes for the rest of its life. But it will exactly. be cigarettes of love. Um. Yeah, I, I am looking forward to them getting to New York for sure. I am. I I as much as I enjoyed the first two episodes, I do feel like this can go downhill very quickly. 
Mm. Oh yeah, yeah. No, this show has mad fed up pirate princess energy. Like, like what's? <laughs> oh, we'll get to that. We'll get to that next episode. But uh, yeah, yeah but what I mean is like a lot of that. Like, oh, good. this is really fun and spontaneous, and there's a lot of really good energy here. But like a manic episode, I can see this running out like four episodes in. Like, like what's going to oh, yeah. happen when they introduce all the characters in the OP? Uh... Right. Like right. Next episode, the... they will they will come across the three identical Einstutzens and Neubauten siblings who like speak weird unintelligible prophecy at them for like 20 minutes. Do not remind me about <laughs> listeners, please. God. <laughs> that did happen. At least listeners had a good OP. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it did. It did. I'll give it uh... that. Alright, well, I, I, a, a surprisingly good start on that one. Let's hope it does not fall apart. We'll, mm-hmm. we'll see what happens. Let's hope. Speaking of, feeling, yeah. this is might just gonna end with like every time we go like, "Hey, this is pretty good for a gotcha game adaptation." <laughs> uh, asterisk, asterisk. Uh, uh, I, 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 am willing to give it enough credit to just say it was just good, yeah. Even without that caveat. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, right, it helps wrote... that they're focusing on like the core trio with only like one elaborately designed five star. As yes, that's most why of I'm these concerned. shows which are like which are like have hey this is character you like her right you want to <laughs> roll the gotcha well, for her here is her obligatory five second the, cameo the, like, the game worth noting the game is not actually out yet but uh, I'm just gonna throw that out there but that's why I'm concerned about what's gonna happen when the rest of the cast comes in is it gonna ruin the balance of things but anyway. Ira, I think you were going to transition to our next. Yeah, uh, uh, <laughs> Digimon Ghost Game, the new Digimon show, finally freeing us from the yoke of Digimon uh, Adventure 2020. Are you truly free? <sighs> is is there just free. always going to be a Digimon running at all times? I don't now? know anymore. Yeah, I mean, uh, I can, we're more or less free. They have, have, have. I don't think they have announced any old Digimon related projects. No, no. When I when I say, are you truly There's free? That movie. I mean, oh, right. like, were you truly freed from your shackles, or were you given oh, no. new shackles? No, oh, no, just, the scars are, for, the scars are forever, G. The scars are forever. New shackles, so I take new it shackles. then Digimon Ghost Game isn't very good. It's <laughs> better. It's not terrible. It's better than we've had. But now. it is, I mean, it is very much a kids show yes, of the era. It's a kids like show. It, it's, it feels very yokai watch in that, like. But, you know, monster caused problem today, and us kids and our Digimon got to go find the problem and solve the problem. But, but... man, this is fucking Shakespeare compared to this <laughs> Digimon Adventure 20. <laughs> like the, the, the hook here, I guess, is that, uh, mm-hmm. as the title Ghost Game implies, it's kind of got a more, like, spooky urban legend sort of theme. Sure. Okay. Uh, so... And there's like there's enough fucking Digimon out there that you could actually cherry pick. Yeah, there, there's there's some spooky Digimon out there. Right. right. So like, right. Yeah. Uh, so like, you know, it's like they'll hear an urban legend of like, oh, if you go here, like you get the life sucked out and you turn old, and so they fight Clockmon. Or like the second episode was about a. <laughs> If you go to the Mommies of the World exposition, uh, Mummy Mon will come and shoot you with his gun. Right, Mummy Mon is there, like, because it's an Egyptian-themed exhibit at the museum, and so it's very broad, like, totally normal kids' show stuff, but I think after the 
nothing puddle that was the previous one seen any yeah. any form of specificity of theme right makes me go oh yes not bad characters <laughs> sure. with personalities like being a coward and also being an influencer right <laughs> right great I mean, we gotta get with the times, yo. Yeah, the, I mean, the, you know, hey, you know, they they show, you know, they show those like, you know, people to always take pictures of those like elementary, middle school like surveys where kids fill out like what they want to be yeah. when they grow up. And it's all influencer. And, like, that's terrifying. It's always like number one is influencer, and then number two is stand user. Right. Uh, <laughs> no, I think it's like whatever the guys from Demon Slayer are called. Oh, right, right. No, no. Demon now Slayer, I guess. Demon Slayer yeah, number two yeah. is Demon Slayer. Number. I don't know why, but for some reason, I remember seeing one as like recent as like 2018, and like stand users still managed yeah. to hit the top five. And I'm like, man, all right. You, they, maybe the kids are all right. If there's still kids uh, out there that like, I don't yeah. know, man. Jo- JoJo is like the ultimate boomer shonen anime. <laughs> right. It's, like, that, it's saying... that or Hunter Hunter. If there's if there's 12-year-old kids out there in 20 goddamn 20 still like, nah, man, like, I want Star Platinum. I'm like, alright, fine, fair enough. Star right. Platinum is pretty cool. And, which Yeah, which is to say that they're the two other members of the three-man squad in Ghost Game. One is, like, he pretends to be cool, the cool senpai, but actually he is a fucking coward and terrified of ghosts. Sure. Uh, sure. And then the other one is, like, influencer girl who actually loves ghosts and occult shit i was gonna say at least one of them has to be like the obligatory like member of the like school occult club right right or, like supernatural research or, like i club. guess she does like youtube videos where she goes to see haunted stuff you know uh or something like that hey crew today we're hanging out in this haunted forest man influencers yeah. didn't fucking exist when i was okay like that that's <laughs> the thing that truly uh yeah no shit dude <laughs> i know what's f- fucked up it's scary <laughs> truly uh an anime of uh, uh of, anyway of which is to say two episodes this... in to the newest mega long kids show it's better than the last one Sure. This wasn't around when I was born, so I'm scared of it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah man. Yeah. All right. Scary. <laughs> well, I guess it's an improvement. You guys are still going to be forever chained to Digimon, though. Yeah, yeah unfortunately. That's the way it'd be. We brought this onto ourselves. We got sick to Ugon Digimon, and now he has to watch every Digimon-related yep. product ever. <laughs> well, Hoist you know, Jell, speaking, speaking of being, like, in some ways chained to a legacy. <laughs> a legacy huh. that somehow I, the obligatory mecha guy, managed to sidestep at the Glorial Vlog. How, how did I end up in this? I, I don't even know, but, uh... <laughs> I All mean, right. even back then, I made it clear I was not a Muvlove fan. That I just, yeah, I, it I is never very weird, Muvlo. G, that you can be a Mecha fan who was on like Twitter a couple of years ago, and somehow you were not pummeled to death by Muvlove is the greatest fan of okay, all time. Okay, yeah. I just so don't let, like it. I just like... straight up, I, I can make it clear here. I just, I don't care for Muvlove. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so we are talking about Muvlove alternative. The 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 Muvlove. Yes, so th- there, there's like a, so much context we can get into that I'm not going to get into. You can read my post for all that. 
Or you could just tweet the words Mavluff on Twitter and summon an entire army of horrible people you can then Are there? Does Mavluff still have an army in 2021? I don't know about that. It has uh, a fan base. It, it definitely does. A, as, I'm as sure someone, it does. I mean, uh, it certainly is that kind of show that certain people will bring up whenever you mention anything. Uh, not unlike a certain 1988 OVA. <laughs> okay, okay. Now, 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 now you... Wait a second. <laughs> All right, let's everybody simmer down here. Um, let's talk about the anime at hand, or we're going to be here for three hours. Um, and I will make you all stay for three hours till this list is done. Um, all right, so Mob Love Alternative, of course, uh, is the highly regarded, at least by visual novel fans, uh, visual novel from all the way back in 2003. God, wow, free fate. Um, Muvlo of Alternative specifically is like the best one, the crown jewel in the Muvlo franchise, which is why it's surprising to me that they decided to do two other adaptations of spin-off novels instead of this uh over the years since the game has been out or the VN's been out. I mean, honestly, the way I look at it is that Muvlo of Alternative is like the bad version of, like, the problem UFO Table ran into of, we're going to adapt Fate, and we're going to adapt every part of Fate except for the original Fate. Right. And <laughs> that very I much mean, feels like the trap that well, Love fell into. Of, at least UFO Table had an excuse because there was already an adaptation. Yeah, there was at least the a pre-existing one. Fair enough, yes, yes. But, um, yeah, so if anybody doesn't know what Muvlove Love is... It's a aliens invade Earth story. They're wiping out mankind. Mankind makes Mecha to fight them back. Yes, it, and... it's it's generally a very deadly, serious military drama type of thing. But since it's visual novel, it's focused on a bland male protagonist surrounded by colorful anime girls that want to sleep with him. Oh. Um. No, but you see, Iro and this, they actually sleep together. Well, oh, damn. Okay, that so first serious. of all, as far as the anime is concerned, putting all that context aside, uh, if you, you definitely have to watch the first two episodes, which I did against my better judgment, because <laughs> the first episode does what uh, the last Love Love anime I watched way back in 2012 did. Ah, suck. Well... <laughs> The, in the first episode, it's entirely a flashback where they introduce uh, some tough female pilot uh -huh, uh -huh. who seems like she should be the main character, only to then immediately be at sidelined in the next episode for the bland male protagonist who's the actual main character. Oh, boy. So, episode two is like, this is what the anime actually is. <laughs> uh, so... Um, one thing I forgot, uh, I did. I forgot that there are some light, uh, some bits of, I guess, supernatural elements in Love Love that I forgot about. Okay. Because generally, it is like I said, a very serious military drama. It's a real robot show, as far as the robots go. Um, and I kind of forgot that there's some weird magic stuff going on in the background. And in Total Eclipse, which is the one I watched, it didn't really matter. But in this one, it matters because the main guy is, like, stuck in a time loop or something. Oh, man, sure. time loops. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which will novel with a time yeah, loop. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, Tell me that's, more. That's, that's that's how you set up your framework for justifying a VN structure, right? <laughs> I guess like, so. Yeah. Yeah, and um, as far as again trying to focus on the anime itself, the first episode was fine, I guess. If you like watching people get murdered by aliens, um, the second episode oh, I love was. Alien. The second episode where they skip ahead and introduce the main guy was barely comprehensible. <laughs> oh, baby. I mean, that sounds like an issue of, like, you know, look, they are adapting a very, like, right. yeah, long-running, think... venerate, you know, in, in many circles, venerated, like, property, and they're probably running into the issue of, like, well, can we even realistically cover everything in, like, what, like, 13 episodes or whatever? Yeah. Yeah, well, on the I other think... hand, also like, oh, we can't cut anything because we might cut someone's favorite thing. Well, like, well, no, I think they were trying to rely on people being familiar with the source. Oh, right. Before. So that's that's what I was. I was. That's actually more what I was hinting at. Is like this so is one of those things of like, well, the only people who are going to watch this are people who are big fans. Right. So yeah. Can... So like when the when the guy gets introduced, he's like, oh, I got to go talk to. I have to go find Sensei and talk to her. Who's you know, Sensei, of course, is some hot lady in a. <laughs> scientist or something mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. and uh it's I, I when when he's trying to get to her like it's a, it feels like it's supposed to be some like dramatic intense moment i'm like i have no idea who any of these people are like maybe if i had played played the games it would have made more sense i think it's like even even the actual above level alternative like its original form relied on you playing yes the non alternative like the love Third knowing whoever it is from that, like that right like so right, because this is like original muff love is like a high school dating sim it's like a regular thing. yeah right like, and this it, is just like all of these characters except now they're in a mecha set i mean like, like muff love alternative was literally yeah. like you know it was like it started out as, i mean not like as a joke but it was very much like, like the alternative like forever, yeah it was just it was literally just the guy dead it was like wouldn't it be cool if these characters that you know were now mecha pilots right yeah, and it's just it's it's like a persona thing of that just ended up being the way more popular uh, uh, yeah. entry in the franchise. So, so without wasting too much more time on this, <laughs> uh, basically, I don't see a whole lot of reason to watch this unless you really like Move Love Alternative. If you have no idea what Move Love is, just stay away. I'm warning <laughs> you now. And. Uh, clearly, surely there must be some better mecha anime airing this season that you could watch, right? Uh, um, <laughs> Big Tony counts. Big Tony is a mecha. He counts. Oh, well, okay, well, that's later. That's okay. We'll later. get we'll get to Big Tony later. So anyway, let's move along then. Um, in our our Tony. our mecha power hour here. Save us, Megaton Musashi. Yes, let's talk about Megaton Musashi. Sure. Yeah. The uh, actual level five yokai watch property yes. of the season. <laughs> So, so does what, this have uh, anything to do with Musashi Miyamoto? No, no. Oh, it's okay. just it's a cool. It's just that you know alliteration is cool. Yep. Right. Uh, for our for our very get a robo inspired kids neck anime. Yes. It's 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 the thing I kept saying. The thing I kept taking away from watching episode one of Megaton Musashi is that this is essentially like level five's take on like the beginning of get a robo. Yeah. Like, I, of course, now that I've seen a, a get a robo, I I'm now seeing it everywhere. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, welcome to the fold. Uh, but, but yeah, you know, it's, it's, so the thing that, that surprised me about Megaton Musashi is like, I was like, all right, level five, like mech thing. That's going to be like, yokai watch. It's probably gonna be a real like standard kids show. 
And then it, like, has this, like, weirdly intense premise. Mm -hmm. Like, they reveal that, like, the the GameCube uh, sleeper hit custom robo, (laughs) that uh, the world of Megaton Musashi is a world in which aliens invaded and wiped out 99.99% of the human population. Mm Mm-hmm. And the last, like, bastion of the human race has been corralled into a final, like, underground bunker city uh, uh, where everybody who lives there has been mind-wiped to have forgotten the events of the last three years so that they may live in an idyllic recreation of the old world. Yep. All right. Kid show. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, so, I wanted to say this sounds like the premise of like a gazillion different things. Oh, yeah. But... Right. Because, I mean, I was like, I mean, I watched it. I was like, eight just rims, uh, 13 mm-hmm. Sentinels. Megazone is that you? 23. Megazone 23. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but, of course, main guy who is some kind of delinquent punk has dreams of watching his sister die in front of his own eyes. He doesn't oh, know why. You make this sound like that's his dream, as in he wants that to happen. No, he, he <laughs> has nightmares. Right, of, he has nightmares, visions. Yeah. Visions of a past life that he doesn't recognize. And he knows he doesn't have a sister, but why does he feel so much when he watches Nonsense. her die? So uh, this, no this male protagonist in anime doesn't have a sister. <laughs> this leads to him getting in a robot somehow. Oh, yeah. Okay, so yeah, so long story short, it, the idea is that, like, you know, beneath the city. There is, like, the true fortress, the true last bastion of mankind, where there are people who are, in fact, aware of the old world, and they fight in secret against the endless alien hordes, and basically what they do is, like, they they surveil, you know, the population to look for suitable candidates for their... You know, mm-hmm. mecha program, and it has to be kids apparently because they say they literally say something about how like only the young can draw out the full power, full emotional of, power of the mecha, of course. And so that is how they recruit uh, our delinquent protagonist and his even more delinquent friend. Yep. Uh, to the cause, and it's literally a getter situation of you have the three pilots, you know, the hot-headed protagonist, the big muscly big guy, and then the like. Sharp-eyed genius sociopath. And, I need like, to. I need to talk about the scene in the middle where the 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 sociopath glasses dude is like, "I'm gonna test your skills," and summons two dozen robots in the middle of the street. No, no, you don't. He summons two, two dozen, dozen gangsters, like, right? Gangsters in the middle of the street. God. Yes. And then upon fighting them, fighting off these gangsters, like, very well, I guess uh, we'll have to step it up a notch, and reveals that these are, in fact, gangster robots. Yes. Uh, And so the dude turns on the, like, hip-hop track on his phone to beat these robots to... So remember that? <laughs> that, that happened, yes, right? yes. He's like, right, right. He's like, man, I need I need my ass I need my music. rhythm, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's yeah. that's almost as bad as the uh, Final Fantasy Origins thing that was going around. But <laughs> we're not going to get into that. So this is like uh, baby's first uh, getter anime, is that kind of yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. We only watched the first episode because uh, it's literally not being streamed anywhere. So only fan subs are, are are handling it. So we don't know when we'll watch the rest of it, if ever. Yeah, but. I mean, no. do you want to watch the rest of it? I mean, I wouldn't mind watching some, maybe. It's not bad. Like, yeah. I mean, you know, the, the the scene at the end of the first episode where they do your obligatory, like, you know, Evangelion prepare unit one for sortie scene where it's like, you know, 
unlocking all the mechanical restraints yep. and, and you know, hydraulics are working to like raise the mech. It's yep. like, ah, this is all right. <laughs> Gee, gee, that's your very specific like. Uh... <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. No, if you want like my go to, yes, yes. If you if you need my like shorthand way for how I judge mecha anime is like how good is the like launch. Yes, the launch, the startup sequence. <laughs> right. Well, at least it's got that going for it. Then I guess. Yeah. Uh, well, kind of kind of weird that nobody's streaming it. I feel like it's pretty rare to like. Yeah, you, you think level yeah. five would be pushing it because this is the thing they have literally been working on for like five years now or yeah. something. Maybe it'll show up like on Disney Plus in six oh, months or something. Oh, we can't even get into that news tidbit. <laughs> also, hasn't, hasn't level five had a bit of a tepid relationship with the West recently? Well, I think a lot I mean, of that it, is like yeah. It took a while for Yokai Watch to come over here, and I think there's like a bunch of their stuff that never made it out of Japan, even. What? I thought you loved noted level 5 game Rogue Galaxy. Rogue Galaxy is 15 years ago. Like <laughs> Rogue Galaxy was probably 20 years ago. Yeah. Like, uh... What about Jean d'Arc for the PlayStation Portable? <laughs> hey, that game was great. Oh, wait, wait, are we just going to pretend that Professor Layton doesn't exist? <laughs> Professor well, Layton, yeah. that's right. <laughs> like, I know that, like... Level 5 made the, like, very baffling choice to, like, kill Professor Layton or something, but, like... I can't believe yeah. Professor Layton is fucking dead. No, they replaced him with a woman, because that's what all the SJWs do nowadays. Okay. <laughs> Wait, Let's, was that uh... actually, like, uh, I thought I thought that, I thought they were like, oh, that's Layton's daughter or something. It's, or, or, or... or his niece or something, I don't know, yeah. yeah, but... I mean, she was the latest, the latest Layton game that was released over here, at least, that she had her as the main character. Yeah. Sure. That was yeah. uh, f f about four or five years ago. Well, well yeah. anyways, the point is, like, I mean, my, my understanding is, I think, w with Level 5, I think some of it was, like, triggered by... I think Level 5 legitimately thought Yokai Watch was going to be as big in America as it was in Japan. Yeah. And when it came right. out here, everybody was like, why would I play Pokemon... Except the Pokemon are sweaty old men. Like, that's gross and weird. Oh, okay. Tell me more. Like, and also, the combat system is ass. Also, the combat is somehow even worse than Pokemon's. It's just... The only thing that would make me happy from them is making Dark Cloud 3. But we need to we need to move on. <laughs> yeah. Let's uh let's let's wrap up the uh, the mecha block here with until the other mecha show oh, at the end of this list for boy. some reason. White Knight talk... Chronicles 3, baby! Let's let's talk about Kyokai Senki. Uh, I don't even remember what the actual title is that Funimation is using. A warrior of the borderline. Yes. What a bad title. Which is a terrible wow, title. What a terrible title. It's weird because like it's it's a real like fucking AO10 onslaught or something. But AO10 like, onslaught was a phantom. Like I know, but what what I mean is like they could have just gone for like borderline warrior or something yeah right, you know, right. Like, warrior on the borderline or something yeah know, like, just something a lot like cleaner than what they went with but anyways but yeah here so, we are kyokai senki the latest uh um and long-awaited sunrise anime original mecha the first uh since cross -Ange, was it cross -Ange, yes was it captain been... Wait, really earth after that no captain earth? also captain earth was bones was that bones, Jesus that was bones. yes they really haven't done one since, because I feel like that was like 
no, six years ago. Wow. Yeah. Last we we checked the last sunrise. Like, yeah, look, there have been sunrise adjacent like original <laughs> mecha anime like Guilty Crown and stuff, but we're talking about made by Sunrise specifically. Pretty Cross sure Age Guilty Crown was, was before one. Cross Age, but it yeah. was yes. Yeah, it's just that for some reason Guilty Crown gets lumped into that like weird milieu of like I sunrise mean, anime original that's mecha. The, the writer, not, I think, not right? wrong. Yeah. yeah. Yes. But, anyway. um, yep. What, and, what about? Is this exactly what uh, you were expecting? Kind no. At, well, it's weird. This is weird. <laughs> so, so Kyokai Senki, so Kyokai Senki's premise. I, I I go over this in my first look post. Is maybe one of the most like trepidatious like premises a mecha anime can have. Right. Which is that glorious Nippon has been. Taken uh, over um, by foreign power. Yes, taken over by by the for the gaijin like overlords oh. and must overthrow like its oppressors. foreign powers. Yes, yes, and like... make Nippon great again, basically. <sighs> and here's the thing, right? Like I said it there in the post. I'll say it here. Like real robot anime, like regardless of tone, is like intrinsically one of the most like political subgenres of anime you can like make because war is an inherently political act. Right. Like you can't just like write about a war as like set dressing. Like yes, you can if you work for Ubisoft. Well, <laughs> you, you can try, but it doesn't. Work. Yes, but it's like right. the, the inherent geopolitics of like what a war is like in concept means that like. Even if you are treating it flippantly, you still have to write factions with like mm-hmm. political aims. Mm-hmm. And, and those so are that means going to draw parallels to exactly reality. But at yeah. the same time, that Kyokai Senki is very much positioning itself as like, ah, like this is the real robot anime for people who even think Gundam isn't real robot enough, right? Like the mechs are only like ten feet tall, like they're not even that big, like. They're all designed by, uh, I think his name is Ken Okayama, along with, you know, the regular contributions of your, like, Ipe Yobus and uh, Ebikawas, of, of the Gundam, you know, vets. Yeah, uh, yeah. But, but it, it, is, it is being primarily handled by a guy named Ken Okayama, who is an industrial designer who comes from automotive design. <laughs> and it kind of shows, because all the mechs are specifically, specifically built with this gimmick of, like, they can all, like, fold into really compact shapes. Right, for easy and, like, transport. It's like, right yeah, there. they literally... Like, yes, they can literally be transported in a flatbed truck, you know? Uh, and that kind of gives it a more, like, grounded feel, right? Smaller mechs, like, more grounded designs. Like, they have these, like, double-jointed knees that, like, give them a, like, this really, like, fun, kind of almost Western-inspired mecha design feeling. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of, like, Titanfall adjacent, actually. Like, and, what like, if we actually made mechs as weapons of war? Like Yeah, yeah. And, like, it's... That part is, like... I mean, I legitimately love, like, almost all the mechanical design in this show. But then, the character design is being handled by, like, the Gundam build-like character designer. Right, so everyone looks like they're a teen from a kid's show. Right, and there's, like, these cutesy, like, literally, like, yokai watch-adjacent mascot characters. Yeah, when I I first saw this, like, without reading anything, just the art, I thought it was, like, a Saturday morning kid's show. Yeah, like, the OP literally sounds like a Gundam build fighter's OP. Like, it's back on adjacent. (laughs) <laughs> it's so every time I see the opening, I'm like, "All right, we're gonna build some plastic toys and right, have like a toy about... fight with no stakes." Exactly. I mean, it, again, and the designs don't help. Like, it's like you're talking, you know, you got these like fucking, you know, evil imperialist foreigners talking about taking over Japan, and they look like the fucking like you know mean rival character from Gundam Build Fighters or something. 
And it's just like, uh, it's really incongruous. Like, I'm really not sure what kind of story the show is trying to tell because, like, the subtext of the story is a lot of, like, real robot uh, classic stuff, you know? Like, the human cost of warfare, right? The idea of children being drafted into conflict. You know, this idea of, like, what is war but the final extension of, like, politics. Mm -hmm. But, like, it's all kind of toothless both in presentation and content there's no and so it's like there's no actual politics or statements behind the four factions that have taken over japan it's just really an excuse to have your advance wars red bad guys blue bad guys right yellow bad guys and green bad guys like the four factions that are implied to like like to have like split up japan you know, a little bit similar to the way the Europeans split up China uh, a mm. century back. is like It's like the United States, like a European coalition, Australia, and then China. And it's like, right. okay, sure, so those are your four like blocks that have split up Japan, but like, what are their aims? Like, how did they split right. up Japan? All, like, how did they argue who got what piece and all, for what reason? Right. All the show don't... gives us is, like, Japan's economy fell apart because of the aging population and then the the foreign powers came in to help the economy but actually just took over and split it up right like even the reasoning for why japan like has to like be colonized is like super like okay it's so so the thing i said about this uh and and i and i will wrap this up quickly because i don't want to give the show that much screen time is like a lot of the colonialism and like xenophobia and oppression in this show kind of feels like what happens when somebody in a first world nation tries to write about oppression right right in the sense that they don't actually know what real oppression looks like right i wanted to say this sounds like one of those like hokey dystopian ya novels where the dystopia is based on something completely arbitrary like oh you're being oppressed because you have magic powers yeah, it, like, it definitely feels it, it definitely feels like a way it it definitely feels like what you often actually do see yes in a lot of like, you know, white written YA fiction of like privileged people trying to gin up ways for how they would be oppressed. Right. But like to any marginalized group just comes off as like hokey and right. irresponsible the very, the very, and like the very, laughable. The the play privilege people write of oppression which which is you see I'm trying to highlight how how uh, arbitrary oppression actually is by making it equal arbitrary in my fiction when, like, ignoring that in reality people come up with very realistic-sounding reasons for why they should oppress people. Right. (laughs) Right. So is this going to be, like, your guys' spiritual successor to uh, 86? God, 86, 86, which is also running again this season, which we have not (laughs) resumed watching. I don't know, man. Like, if Kyokai Seki keeps going in this direction, maybe we might we, just have to pick, pick up 86. Maybe we should pick back up 86. <laughs> like, I feel like we had more well, interesting... which had more nuance. We had sure. more interesting... Look, we had more interesting conversations about 86. I'll say right. that. Uh, At least it was more interesting, right? But uh, the mechs are kind of cool. I won't lie. I've already pre-ordered some Gunpla from Kyokai Seki. The, so. they, they, I've, the mechs do look cool. Congrats, Kyokai Seiki. You won. You, won. you got me. Did, did you ever end up getting the ones from 86 as well? No, I do think about it sometimes, though. Okay, like, yeah, I really the, love those spider tanks or whatever they have in there. Me. Soccer Wars Kobu. Yeah. 
Yeah. Anyways. All right. <laughs> anyway, yep. It it took me it took me the entire segment to remember this, but I was going to say, how was the uh, the price of smiles not a sunrise original anime? <laughs> oh, right. I forgot about the price of smiles. I just assumed uh, that was sunrise the, original. Push the stop all war button. Deploy the tactical big ass ramp. <laughs> yes. All right. Go go back and find pay, those old episodes for that discussion. Blood. I mean, All listening right. to you guys discussing the price of smiles will be far more entertaining than watching Kyokai Senki. So yes. All right. Let's uh let's move along then. Let's talking about uh ranking of kings, which yeah. I don't really know a whole lot about other than when I saw the art, I just automatically assumed it was a manga from the 60s but right yeah it's that's, not. <laughs> that's the thing like this is a show that really flew past everyone's radar because a it looks like a kid's show or like a weird 60s manga that you're not really into and b it just looks like you know generic dragon quest fantasy um but i picked up some positive buzz and checked out the first episode it's actually it's it's a really good show so um What's it is. The, uh, it the is. Premise? Yeah. So the the titular ranking of kings. It's like something that's like vaguely alluded to, but basically, you know, it's it's the Middle Ages and there are kingdoms and kings, and there is a kind of like arbitrary ranking of kings that determines, you know, what makes a great king. You know, do his do his subjects have live good lives? Are they safe? Or does he achieve noble deeds in battle? Uh, and and the the show is set in the kingdom of king boss okay who is the i'm assuming uh, the predecessor of pure king from full metal alchemist <laughs> um uh, so king boss is like the seventh ranked king in the world so he's like this huge guy all right, uh, all right. and and he has a son named bocce and bocce is like this little tiny dude and he is both Deaf and non-verbal, so he can't speak and he cannot hear. Huh. Okay. But the show, like, there's going in go to go into a topic that manga and anime often do not go, and and like a lot of the show is about how you know everyone thinks this guy is simple, that he is useless, that he is a quote-unquote cripple, that he is you know a, a liability to the kingdom, and he can never become a brave king like his father. Um, so, like, in the, in the first scene, Bocci goes out, and he meets a, like, shadow blob guy. Okay. Who is, like, kind of like, once again, full metal alchemist, but he's, like, a, a, a shadow with two eyes and, like, a mouth and a hand. Uh, and who is apparently a member of the Shadow Clan, who are, like, assassins ah. that have sworn loyalty to one of King Boss's enemies. Hmm. Oh, and so he basically so is the shadow to like trying to use him, use the kid to get to the king. That's not very clear because like this shadow, like it it it's implied that he is like a kid shadow who has been like okay. banished from his clan. And at first he tries to like rob the prince. He's like, hey, prince, kid, give me all your give me all your clothes. And then and, and oh, prince, they both. They're both going to be outcasts and become friends right, or something. They're both outcasts, but because Shadow Dude can, like, he realizes that the prince can, in fact, read lips and uses sign language, which he can interpret. Uh, so it's basically the entire show 
kind of comes down to, you know, here's this kid everyone thinks is useless. You know, what's he going to do to become a great and noble mighty king like his dad? Which is a pretty <laughs> standard thing. Like, it, I would almost say it is a worst but actually best show. Because at the <laughs> end of the first episode, he, like, beats his stepbrother in a sword fight. And everyone is like, wow, I didn't know the idiot prince was uh, such a great swordsman. But it is uh -huh. it is portrayed with such, with such like great nuance like this is not some like sad sack isekai protagonist who like feels downtrodden because he is an otaku and girls just don't understand him like you actually see everyone patronizing this prince like in and and the nice way is they show it in multiple ways like they show you know the the the, the townsfolk just sort of like looking at him and whispering like i hear he's he's a, he's a fool he's simple you know he can't hear he can't speak the kids like bully him but like in a very like innocently ignorant kind of way like right. he's like hey prince why don't you respond to what i'm saying and then his dad is like shh the prince can't hear oh right so he won't hear it when i call him a stupid idiot <laughs> so like that kind of stuff and then right. like even even the, the like people in the castle sort of patronize him like his, his stepmother is like oh you're not as good as my son but even his father who is like the the loving brave noble king still has this sort of like patronizing edge about him like oh i love you kid, uh, boy you are you are kind and you are wise but you're not strong and that's the only thing that really matters you know you have to focus more on your training and his right. sword uh, sword master is like the only one who actually bothered to learn sign language but even he like is shown to be like comically kicking and breaking stuff in the background while Prince is being bad at his sword practice. So they really, like, nicely... Is it is it more of, like, a light comedy tone thing? It is... It is hard to say. I would... Like, the closest thing I would call it... It's, it's a fairy tale. Like, it's a traditional mm. fairy okay. tale. Uh, and it has some, like, comedic tones, but it also has some, like, darker undertones, like, with the shadow people and the and the old history of them being assassins. I so mean, even the, even the concept itself, if you think about it, is a bit heavy. Right, right. Yeah. But, so I'm not sure what this is. Like, is this going to be like, ah, oh, it looks innocent, but it's actually super dark? Or is this, like, generally supposed to be something that tries to, you know, be for the whole family? But, I, in general, I really liked it. I just... I have a real fondness for anime that can, like, be used to, quote-unquote, introduce anime to normies. So, like, <laughs> right, okay, uh, yeah, like yeah. and this is very much, like, there are no red flags here. Like, this is, there's nothing, quote-unquote, anime about it. Even though it is lovingly animated, it has some great, right. like, character animation. There's a cool sword fight between the prince and his uh, stepbrother uh, at the end, so... Apparently this is a uh, Wit Studio. Yeah, uh, it's Wit Studio, okay. right? So I am, I am quite, I was quite surprised by this because indeed it looks like a kind of like kids anime, like very much like that that 1960s style of like world storybook theater or whatever it's called, mm -hmm. like that yeah, kind of stuff, very... like the super like super tame, super saccharine. Everybody's like... very round. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. like I'm, I'm, I'm watching the PV and it's like. 
it, you know, I hate to bring it up because we were just talking about it, but I, I am yeah. kind of getting a little bit like level 5-ish vibes. Yeah, I was like, just about to say this looks like know, Professor like, Layton. Like, it like looks maybe, very much like Professor like, like, Layton. Like, you know, like Nino Kuni yeah, adjacent yeah. in terms of yeah. aesthetic. But then, yeah, yeah, I'm also watching this PV and I'm like, oh, is this the, like, secret Sakuga show of the season? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yes, everybody's yeah. going to be talking about, like, ta- you know, people are going to be talking about stuff like Tact Opus Destiny or, like, you know, Komi. Yeah. You know, but, like, is this going to be the one that is, like, secretly hanging in the background being like, actually, no, this is the one that, like, got the, like, you know, so and so freelance animator to do this scene. Yeah. Or something. <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of nice looking shows. There are. There season. are. There are. Yeah. It's cool that this came out of nowhere though, because like, yeah, yeah I'll I admit, like, look. I saw the art and I was like, oh, okay, sure, kids show, whatever. Yeah. Not, not my yeah. not my speed, whatever. Like, just complete, like, you know, <laughs> barely even registered this thing. Yeah, existed, I, I, but... I, yeah, like I said, I just kind of filtered it out because I thought it looked like just like an old manga or something. Like right, that. right. It's been around for fifty years, and I just yeah, am right. not familiar with it or whatever. Okay, I mean, though, if they were to make a, a anime for cooking, a new anime for cooking Papa, I would absolutely. Watch <laughs> <it>. <laughs> All right. Well, but yeah, I have I have no idea where this is going. Like, is the ranking of King's Thing actually going to play a role, or is it really going to be like a character piece about this, like, disabled kid trying to find a place for himself in the world? But I'm interested. So yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean, that's. Mm-hmm. Inter- yeah, I mean, I might, ha- I might have to give that an episode. We'll, we'll uh, see how it we'll goes. Check it out next time. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get to my self-indulgent let's, pick. Let's get to the, the gel show. Here. <laughs> well, oh, I'm not. I, I'm. I'm not getting too excited. Let me put it there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but let's not, talk uh... about the vampire dies in no time. This is an extremely uh, fast-paced, loud, obnoxious, and very, very, very stupid comedy, oh, which means see, it's see. Might as well be right up my alley. Um, <laughs> the, uh, the the general premise is there's like this vampire hunter guy. He uh-huh. goes to kill this legendary vampire and finds out that the vampire is uh, extremely weak oh. and just dies instantly at the sign of any adversity, <laughs> hence the, all right, uh, all right. the title. They they basically run like Monzai routines with the the vampire hunters sure. the straight man and then and whenever the like, uh... how you died already <laughs> well no well no the dying is like instead of the the, getting line, hit with right. a fan he just dies turns right. into dust um and yeah worth noting it's interesting that they it's set in in like present day uh-huh. so there's also a lot of like working adult humor. Because the sure. vampire hunter guy is running his uh, vampire hunting agency. Oh, and definitely the, cry. And the two, the two <laughs> of them, th- through various circumstances, the two of them end up uh, becoming a buddy cop duo that hate each other. And it's sure. the first episode was I like I liked I thought it was pretty funny. There was a good variety of jokes. I liked uh, one of the main bits. They were chasing around like this uh, this little asshole kid sneaks into the the uh, vampire's castle to play his video games and they're they're trying to get him out and he's like running away from them on a razor scooter and like taking pictures on his phone and threatening to post them on twitter uh wait how can you take pictures of a vampire it's digital now <laughs> yeah the cameras maybe, don't maybe, use maybe that does not apply <laughs> oh, to digital photography oh right they they didn't get that, that far sense. into the weeds. Or like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't actually know. I'm just. Well, you I'm see, just it was shit. it was actually just the silver in old mirrors, and now newer mirrors don't use silver. So ah, they, uh, ah, yeah. One of the uh, or like one of the, one of the early jokes. Um, 
when the guy finds out that he's like super weak he's like the vampire's like yeah i was gonna tell people but uh the the town like built a like a tourism thing around his castle like <laughs> oh it's the legendary vampire is like i didn't want to ruin their economy so uh you know so there's a lot so that yeah the first the first episode was pretty funny you know i like these kind of like loud stupid sure. comedies and then episode two uh... <laughs> is it like so what's the problem is it like oh this thing only has one joke or well like, this thing does not have enough jokes to sustain no, its premise they, they have a pretty good range of jokes but the they introduce two new characters in episode two and, and one of them kind of... just like turns to the camera and says all ethnic koreans should be banned from japan like is well, that the problem no they, they, they're just they just kind of suck they're not very really <laughs> right. funny and they and they spend a lot of time on them and also they get mildly homophobic hey with, uh... boy well, let me just put it this way: one one of the in episode two, they fight a vampire who is a uh, very buff, naked man with flowers growing out of his dick. Oh, um, and does he get turned on when they hurt him? No, but there's a lot of like, you know, I clearly only like women, and the thought of a naked man in my presence right. is absolutely repulsive because I'm straight. And don't uh, remember, yeah. don't remember, audience at home, I fuck. I was just about to say, if you want a vampire-related comedy full of awful asshole characters who snark at each other and remind each other that they fuck, watch Netflix Castlevania! Uh... <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, and then the characters that they introduce are like... They, they go way too hard on this one joke where the vampire hunter guy, like wrote an autobiography about his exploits that sold really well mm -hmm. which was good as like a one-off joke to show how famous he is yeah. but then like they decide to bring his editor in who's demanding that he write a second volume and they spend half the episode with his for some reason his editor has a battle axe and is chasing him around and it's not very funny Okay. Um, okay. Editors, and then the I other right? characters <laughs> and then the other character they introduce is the, uh, the lady from the police uh vampire control division who's just like this uh stereotypical tsundere girl and it's very Great. boring so i don't know man it's uh a Anime mixed bag is it better than the other vampire show this season that's not even oh on my our, god we not didn't even on this list we didn't even include on the list i totally forgot but we did watch the first episode of um oh was that the was the uh, cosmonaut vampire yeah, yeah, what was the fucking name of it? Oh, Irina the Vampire Cosmonaut? Is that yeah, 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 something like Suki that. Yes. I, didn't, vampire, right? I, I didn't know anybody on the podcast today actually watched that, but... We, yes, yes, we watched the first episode of that just because as the fucking, like, somehow the only person on this blog who is a fan of uh, the anime Planetes, uh, I, I am I am obligated to watch anything related to, like sp like, space programs. Um, I love all media about fictional space programs. Shoutouts to Royal Space Force, the original mm -hmm, Gainax mm -hmm. film. Um, Shout out to Common Rider Forcey. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so I watched this because, like, I'm not gonna lie, I actually kind of love this concept of like an urban fantasy about like, right? Like the the idea of an urban fantasy space program. Like right. the, we're the, gonna the idea of that like. The Soviet, basically, the fake Soviets are experimenting their, with their space program with, with vampires, right? Or like, yeah. or like supernatural stuff. 
it's 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 super neat idea, and I, I I went into it hoping they would explore that, except that like. The vampire girl is only a vampire in name. Yep. Like what? <laughs> she's just a cute girl with fangs and pointy ears. Uh, but yeah, like that's literally it. She, like, and she, she sleeps in a coffin. But she doesn't drink blood. She's not weak to sunlight. Uh, uh nothing to do with crosses or, or religious symbols. Like no weird like penchant for counting things or crossing bodies of water. Then like, why would you even make a show about vampires? I, That's I the problem, don't know. right? Like, it could have well, been anything. Like she, she could have been. I think. I think it's literally just for name brand awareness. Like she could have just been like the demi human cosmonaut, right? Fictional, like supernatural being cosmonaut. Right. But they're just like no vampire cosmonaut because that's more like catchy. I guess like yeah. catchy. I yeah. mean, you but, read like, that like, and you think, hmm. <laughs> I, that's what. That's what got exactly, me. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Because like I, I, I see. Because I was going through this thinking, oh, is this going to be like you know? Because again, because they also say it's explicitly about a fake Soviet Union space program, right. and anybody who has studied the Soviet space program knows that <laughs> the Soviet <laughs> space program was very much an achievement in the name of like scientific progress, uh, at the expense of all ethics, and. I was like, oh, okay, I see where this is going. Like, we're going to use a vampire because, like, who cares if she dies? She'll just come back to life, right? Like, we can perform human experimentation on, like, what, like, space radiation does to a person by, like, throwing a vampire into it instead of a normal human. We send Wolverine into space. Exactly, right? (laughs) But then they don't, like, do literally anything with it. Like yeah. it's literally well, just like a fictional version for it's it's it's, it's literally just a, a a a setup for fictional prejudice. That's actually what the show is about. It's a parable for prejudice because like oh everybody at the space program's scared of the vampire sure girl. Tr- tr- don't treat her like a person. Treat her like an object. Right. She lives in the like experimental animals like housing or whatever. Right. Like, uh see she's not even human. And but oh don't worry the main character isn't prejudiced and sees her as a real person it's a, and it's just like. Cute anime girl that she really is. <clears throat> uh, just well, it's like what? What is even the point of this? I'm like, going to declare the vampire dies in no time. The winner then, because yeah, there's an actual vampire in it. Yeah, no. Uh, at, at one point, uh, th- at one point they take. Uh, <laughs> he takes. Okay, so one one good joke. He has a familiar, and it, it, it's his familiar is an armadillo named John for some reason. Okay, and uh, the guy the guy takes like puts garlic paste on the armadillo's stomach rolls him in a ball and throws him like a grenade to try to kill the uh all right the vampire so he can die from garlic he's a real vampire sure um i mean he could die from anything if the premise is uh, yes he dies a lot he dies like (laughs) at like twice per minute so it's fine all right let's move away from vampires Uh i think and let's talk about like uh, dark souls has Lupin, Lupin ever fought a vampire? I'm sure he has. Surely. He has to. Yeah. Surely, surely, surely over the past 60 years, Lupin has Jigen or Goemon fought a vampire? <laughs> I guess is the actual question. I don't know, well, everybody knows what Lupin the Third is, but the question is, uh, how is Part 6? We don't know, because it Not hasn't bad. officially started. Oh, no. Fine. Yeah. First episode's it's fine. out there. Yeah. I mean, it's like an um, episode zero, isn't it? No, no, no. Episode Actual episode one is out now. Oh, okay. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's, in many ways, like, I mean, narratively, it is a continuation of part five. Episode one literally brings back um, Albert. characters from part five. Yes, Albert. 
Uh, Lupin's like weird. Wait, strange. so you're bringing someone back from season five and it's not Ami? God damn it! Uh, let's give it some time. They'll, surely they'll bring her back, right? Yeah. Like they must have realized how popular she was. Is, is that? But is that unprecedented to just have a dir- that director? No, no. Part five had a cameo of the part four girl in it. Yep. Uh, it, it is not some older cameos. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Or I guess uh, this much of a like direct continuation and more so. But it is like, very weird because this is very much being treated as like the narrative sequel to part five. Right. And Which the is, reason this has me a little concerned... It's because part five was, like, the end of Lupin. Like, Also, part five was extremely good. Yeah. And part six is fine. Right. Um, it's like we reached our... our we reached a fantastic ending for these characters, and we're just gonna keep going. And, then and that's always going, that sits yes. a bit wrong with me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, so, even if the ending was, and the adventure will continue forever. Like, yeah. But, but, yeah. I think I still would have preferred if Part Six had just like been like, all right, Part Five ends on that tone. Here's Part Six, new status quo, you know, new quote unquote timeline, whatever. But they mm-hmm. don't, and so it's weird because. Then you have to think about like this in the sense of it being a post part five show in which Lupin defeats Bitcoin and Facebook, uh-huh. <laughs> but none of that stuff is mentioned at all in part six, other than like Albert is a is a character in part six, yeah. And now Sherlock Holmes is a character there too, and a little girl who is definitely implied to be Watson's daughter or something. Yep. Uh, which just led to me and Eero making great Ace Attorney jokes the whole episode. <laughs> um, yep. I don't know what you're talking about. That's is Iris it, Wilson. Is, Completely is different Sherlock character. Holmes, like, the antagonist? Kind of. He's being set up as the rival. Yeah. But definitely as the rival to Lupin. Like, okay. episode one literally, like, opens with the implication that the two have history. Oh, yeah. A, 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 a contentious history with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, but, Lupin's ancestor... Lupin fought Sherlock Holmes's ancestor, like will, Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yes. <laughs> but no, it's it's. How do I put this? Like, y'all y'all gotta remember, man. Episode part, part five opened with so good. Yeah. Lupin <laughs> opened up part five by saying, "So everybody in the world is a cop." <laughs> and then part six is just like, it, I, 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 like I don't mean this stuff. negative, but it's right. it's just regular Lupin. It's baseline, is what I yeah. should say. It's not bad. It's not like. It's it's not bad. It's not bad, but it's so fun. It's Lupin. It's just Lupin as Lupin. You know, it is it's, not it's, the it's radical good. reinvention that Five was. Yeah, it's like it's like capers, and you know they play the theme, and hey, Lupin's got his yellow mini coupe, and then he got his there chasing him, and unfortunately, uh, I must inform you, I think Part Five was not particularly well liked. Whatever. Well then, or fucking wrong. Fuck yeah. those people. They're wrong. No, they're, they're wrong. If 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 people had a negative reaction to part five, those people, like, are they genuinely don't des- wrong. I don't know. I, I, you know, you know, if if, if you're if you're like the hardcore Lupin fa- fan that didn't like part five because it was like too radical, like congratulations. This is the part six is the Lupin you deserve. I guess. <laughs> I mean, I think that's it. Like, God. There's that's, been that's there's been too much weird Takeshi Koike shit and like that's, weird that's a, Bitcoin that's stuff. Shame. Yeah. Let's just because make some five, good old Lupin. Like I'll, I'll I'll be here to say that part five is the best Lupin. Like yeah. sorry, dude. Yeah. Like you just it constant, is. Like periodically thinking, man, Lupin part five was really good. Yeah. Out of, and, out of I mean, nowhere. Like it is not even just... remotely a controversial claim to be to say that part five is the best Lupin. Like... Yeah, like like the only thing that comes close and for me personally, 
are the Takeshi Koike OVAs, but I also recognize that the Koike OVAs are intentionally, like, being much, even more radically different interpretations of the character. Mm-hmm. Much darker, much edgier. And that's not going to be for everybody. I-, I personally like those. But yeah, for me, those are the only other Lupin thing that comes close to Part 5. And again, I hate to, like talk about six in this tone but it's just like if you're going to explicitly set up six as a follow-up to five then i'm going to compare it to five right right but that's bringing, the, we're bringing in radical catch. new voices of a generation like mamoru oshi <sighs> speaking of uh uh jiken as aki otsuka is fine yep. you know it's I mean, different he also he has like one line in that episode he only has like one line yeah he does kill some cops though always good jiken uh, uh, noted uh, cop killer <laughs> Noted cop killer G Dice Gate He doesn't just kill some cops, man. He, had, he has two fucking rocket la- not just one, he brought two rocket launchers with him to fight the cops. And well, Goma just cuts a tank in half. That's, like, that's normal for I know, but it's always just really fun to watch Goma do fucking crazy shit like that. Yeah. Uh, so it is good, you know, it's 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 Lupin. It's this is if if part five was like the cool new Lupin, yeah. part six is the warm fuzzy blanket Lupin. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. you're gonna put this on and you're like, ah, you know what? This That's is totally Lupin. your granddad's Lupin. <laughs> yeah, well, it feels mm-hmm. like that. Well, <laughs> no, because granddad's Lupin was a lot rapier. So yeah. <laughs> let's. Oh, all right. Uh, well, it's only like one episode then. in, though, right? Like you're yeah. right. You're right. I I don't want to judge it too harshly. Again, I think. But but it's but solid. what you're saying feels like what I would expect to happen. Yeah. And maybe yes. the maybe the trying to directly link it to part five was the biggest mistake. Did, they were not in fact able to make lightning strike twice. Just, <laughs> I just I guess part five the end of part five made me think of it as like. It's like a superhero comic, and some runs are better than others. And right, yeah. with this this is a, just a new run, but a new new uh, I mean, new writer, is, and maybe they'll reuse some fan favorite characters from the previous run. Yeah, otherwise, I mean, that's a very good analogy because, like superhero comics, Part Five was also like a great ending to the character, and then some editor said. And now we gotta keep going. Right. So we I mean, just that's pretend how you... nothing happens and move on. <laughs> that's right. that's kind like, that's of what's kinda... gonna happen when you have a thing that's been around for like forty or fifty years or whatever, right? Like, I mean, you, you, you have to you keep reboots are a thing. Doing like... that. <laughs> I mean, well, that's so. the thing. Even like part five is like a well, four. Like part four is kind of considered a soft reboot. Like like yeah. the modern Lupin timeline starts with part four technically, right? And like, so they have done that before, like. But five still ac- acknowledges old stuff like Pink Lupin, Red Lupin, Castle yes, of Cagliostro. Yes. All of that is still like considered. I, canon. I, I'm very curious if Part Six will have a similar anthology style framework. That know? seems yeah. like the the way to do Lupin. Except in like that, day, that was so say. tied to the themes of Part Five. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we need to move on. Long story short, Part Six is okay. Yeah. Watch Part Five. Yeah. Yep. Let's, I can't we'll we'll, we'll yeah. give it a, give it a few more episodes, I'm sure. But yeah. All right. Let's uh, move along. Some more comedies here. Oh, another gel show. Yes. Uh, yeah. My my senpai is annoying. Hey, hey, both me and Artemis were talking about this one in the mm-hmm. last episode. I'll, I'll drag her into this one. Uh, but yes, this was. Um, it's a workplace comedy about a tiny, tiny little woman who's trying to get recognized at her company and her 
senpai slash supervisor who's this giant man that's trying to help her out and mm. uh it was very boring um ouch damn Whoa. it it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't awful like there it wasn't there wasn't anything particularly gross i mean it's a little weird because toward the woman. end <laughs> toward the end they they kind of make a little bit of a like turned and i think it is supposed to be a romantic comedy so it like is it, like i mean based on like just the even just the out of context pages i've seen i think it is very much yeah. intended to be like there's and a romantic it's, angle and to it's it. a little weird because he's like her i think he's technically like her supervisor or something yeah and, so double double weird <laughs> and also like he kind of treats her like a child oh, uh, like like the like the the weirdest part at, is at the end of the first episode and he's like he's like I wish I could have a daughter like you or something. Don't alarm klaxons. <laughs> 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 yeah. All right, uh, unless you get permission, don't don't say that to a woman you're dating. I feel like that's yes. Well, they were drunk, so. <laughs> sure. um, all right. Well, that that aside, it was otherwise a very predictable, boring comedy. It was not particularly funny. The only yeah, good. Will, will you at least make it until the tomboy shows up? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I need know. to know more about her. I don't know, G. They they did have in the, fr- I, the in the in the, they did have uh, this one lady that's just walking around the office with a bottle of vodka. So that was pretty funny. Right, See, okay. Now that lady's living her best life. I mean, that's uh, not even a comedy character. That's just realist. <laughs> um. So yeah, she she was all right, but everybody else was like very predictable and boring, and it goes just, like like you can see everything that's going to happen a mile away. Um, it does look nice because once again. Dokobo making nice looking comedies <laughs> oh, that suck. Okay. Um, uh, I, I can't I can't remember the last good thing that they did at this point, uh, but um, I saw the other day that they're doing a fucking movie of that one pedophile show they did. Which one? You gotta you gotta be more specific. <laughs> I was gonna say the lesbian one, but that still Which doesn't one? narrow it down. <laughs> still, still gotta be more specific. The one that's not with the maid. <laughs> uh, uh, I think I know which one you're talking about. Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. Yes. What's it called? It what, has what, been a while. What that she? Yeah. yeah right. Ugh. The, uh... y'all, y'all remember that Dogakobo did uh, Ikabukuro Westgate Park? <laughs> Here in Bukuro City. Was that Dogakobo? Holy Apparently shit. Apparently so. Was remember that? that? Wow. yesterday okay. for me. That was... I mean... I'm I... not going to say that was good. Yeah. Ouch. It was not... Morally don't, don't, don't they still have to do four episodes of that? Uh, yeah, that's never gonna happen. Yeah. <laughs> wow, man. Like, I, f- I feel like we're such assholes because we do this every time. But you know, looking at Dogakobo by the year, I think Nozaki Kun was literally the last good it show. It might have been, did. and that was like six years ago then, or something. Yeah. And then yeah. 2014. Yeah. What so happened after the Majestic Prince Love Lab and Nozaki Kun triple threat? <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, that was a bit disappointing. I don't know. I don't know if I'm gonna make it. G, we'll Damn. see. Maybe Damn. I'll give, give it one more episode <laughs> or something. I don't know. But it's um, all right. I could always just, you know, look for pictures of her on Gel Buru. So you know. It's... And then I you watch basically... the episode where she shows up and she turns to the camera and says, "Actually, all ethnically Korean people should be exposed." Uh, oh, no. <laughs> not, not another problematic hottie for me to get attached to. Uh, all right. Let's move on to the. Better comedy here. Oh, it's it's um, time. It, 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 oh yeah, we're doing this and Blue Period, so it's time for the. Oh please, God, please 
do fan subs please refer to the gender non-conforming character by the correct pronouns or else Twitter will be on fire. Hooray. Uh well let's talk about Comey can't communicate. Yes. Um Wow, Olam put a lot of money into this one. Yeah, yeah. wow, what a ludicrously animated adaptation. <laughs> it's Boy, it's only... funny. It's funny because this is essentially like on paper. It's this is what Dogecoin like, should be doing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it, but on paper, it's just like school romantic comedy, or I don't know if it's going to turn to romance, but of course, let's be real. <laughs> yeah, uh, and but but which which is like the genre that, that demands like the least requires the least amount of like ridiculous animation. Did they fucking and... did, did, did they fucking steal all this money from the fucking Golden Kamui and Two Year Eternity adaptations? Right. So this is like Yeah. All the money yeah, that, that it... could have gone into the Netflix and Ghost in the well, Shell shows. Netflix, know, like... we give a lot of money to studios to make anime I... we will then treat like shit. I'll I'll say <laughs> this. I'll say this as far as the ridiculously good animation goes. Um the hook of the show is that Comey can't literally doesn't talk, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. So like you got to make up for that somehow, right? Oh yeah, bring in the wacky sound effects. So I I feel like maybe going over the top with the presentation yeah, is almost necessary in this situation. Full, I mean, full JoJo sound effects popping up, like it really elevates the source material. Like, <laughs> yeah. But I mean that that aside, um, it was pretty good. Like yeah. the. The the premise is very simple, but it it's it's kind of sweet feel good. Yep. Like um, I I mean I I don't know if it's gonna be particularly like deep or anything, but uh, it's it, it's well, it's the. I mean, Aqua, you might know more what's yeah, going to happen I mean, in the I would, future. I, would, I literally. I think this is a show anime. you would like. Like like Komisan is the obligatory. I I read the manga for this show of this season. <laughs> uh, it's a very it's a very popular show. Like, yeah. Uh, right. Apparently, fans of Kobe-san call themselves communists, which is very funny. Um, oh. But the whole the whole thing is like this is it's very much an ensemble show, even though it's named after the main character. But it is very much like a show where you have a bunch of quirky characters just bouncing off of each other. And well, I mean, the premise is is she meets this guy who is who actually communicates with her, and they yeah, decide yeah. he's going to help her make 100 friends. So I'm assuming yeah, yeah. we're going to collect some friends. Yes, indeed. And the friends yeah. are all wacky anime cliches. Yeah, because, well, they, they kind of mentioned that at the end, that everybody yeah. at the school is weird. Uh, yeah. Right? So the thing is, this is a show that it needs its side characters, and I would say it gets off, it starts off rather weakly. Like, some of the some of the characters they introduce are just not really funny at all like oh here's the glasses girl with big boobs who is super okay. shy right. uh here <laughs> here is here's the the yandere who's a lesbian for komi-san and threatens to kill main dude oh. all the time uh yeah, yeah. so that sucks but after a while the show like realizes that these characters sucks and no one likes them and it like puts them on a bus in favor of way fun and more more interesting characters mm-hmm. so i would say the first couple of episodes of this might be a bit of a rough patch 
But I think I still think they're worth watching. They're, they're still fun stuff. Like next episode, they're gonna introduce Najibi, who's a very fun character, I would say, because their whole thing is like, I'm everyone's childhood friend. It's like, like they know everyone, and they also like switch their appearance based on because like Tadano is like, wait a second, I knew you in middle school. You were a boy, and Najibi's like, no, 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 I'm a girl. Look, Kobe-san knows me. She's always known me as a girl. So like, their thing is like the weird chameleon who fits in everywhere and and like is everyone's childhood friend which is why their name is najimi so sometimes they do like fun creative stuff like that and that's when the show really shines like if you if you liked the 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 the, the, the weird combination of slapstick and like funny background events in this first episode like the guy with the boom mic like holding up a boom mic yes. for when Kobe-san right, is going yeah. to introduce herself. Like that's really like the sort of the sort of jokes that they go for here. And there is a there is a romantic angle, of course. There's gonna be a love triangle, of course. But also yeah, so that stuff was... will be like season three, maybe. Right. So first of all, that's probably a ways <laughs> off. But I yeah. feel like so. Here's the thing. I I have only read like a couple chapters of Kobe-san just yeah. out of curiosity. Because, like, Komi-san was, like, fucking white-hot, like, two yes. years ago. Like, like it is, like, it is, like, it, it, when you go to, like, Reddit or all the, like, normie manga spaces, <laughs> they're all over that shit. Like, 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 it was, like, the flavor of the month for right. multiple months. But, uh, so that's the thing I was gonna ask, is, like, as someone who's only, like, somewhat familiar with it, like, and I don't want to kneecap at people's impressions of this first season, but, like, does it feel like people are maybe starting to turn on the manga? Maybe because a lot of that will they, won't they love triangle stuff that maybe people are beginning to feel like. Uh, as far as I know, they are actually going places in the manga. Okay, okay, sure. But I, I feel must, like... I, I do have to say, like this is this is not Kaguya-sama. Like this is not a right. this is a show that loves its status quo and loves to stretch it out, and it <laughs> it does eventually go somewhere. Okay, but okay. it is not like as finely paced as Kaguya-sama, where, like, you have your arc and every character comes out slightly differently at the end. Right. Like, I mean, I mean, if Kaguya-sama is, like, I don't know... The like, golden standard, like... Or, or, I was gonna say, if Kaguya-sama is, like, I don't even know if this is the right ratio, is, like, 60-40 comedy to, romance, like, yeah. to romance, or maybe even 70-30, depending yeah. on the season. <laughs> is this more like a uh, the, the, the vice-versa ratio yeah, or something? It's or... like a, it's like a combination of, like, wacky slapstick and like there are some occasional arcs that's that are like character development for Komi sure. like where like her little cousin comes over to visit and stuff like that so I it see. is it's it's very much that like you know in the style of your good ensemble comedies like your Azamanga gotcha. Dios and stuff like that it's like a combination of of the wacky and the more character driven stuff but yeah, this is not exactly the kind of like romance where you have like characters with intense personalities developing themselves and and going on a personal journey. <laughs> like you yeah. know, it is it is a it is not really a romance. Like it's close, sure. closer to like a Nozaki than a Horimiya. Probably yeah. Yeah. All right. Well. I'm a, I'm a, I'm just a sucker for silly anime faces. Yeah, so, I mean, you I throw mean that's that the thing. Like the show gets so much mileage out of its great art that's, style. That's, that's enough like, to get me interested for now. Huh? Like yeah. just, I'm I'm already smitten the moment like Kobe goes into her like super deformed mode where she's just yes. a face with two the, big the, eyes. Are, that's pretty great. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Interesting programming note. I think this and the next show. 
Oh, these the, these have I, to be the first shows that I can our, think of that yes. Netflix. Is I do airing. have to say one important thing. Sure. The oh, Glorio okay. blog does not endorse piracy, but do oh, not watch. Do our... not watch Komi-san on Netflix. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, show has so much typesetting in it. Please watch a yeah, fan. So. I was gonna say, is there like... an obligatory complaint about Netflix during yeah. the first look podcast? Segment? Well, I I was gonna mention though that I think this and the next show are the first. Uh, the first ones that I can remember on Netflix that are actually airing weekly or will be in yes. America. Yeah, in America at least, because we've had some shows that yeah. are like Violet Devon Garden but and stuff. But isn't it still like, like several weeks? Well, I think Comey is yes. like a week behind, but Comey I think is, Blue Period Comey is... two weeks behind. Comey isn't even out on Netflix God. yet. Uh, and Blue Period is also two weeks behind, I think? I, I don't think it is. One or two, one or two, because it started very early. Like, yeah, the Blue Period was actually the first show of the new season to air in Japan. So I think it, I think it might only be a week behind, but yeah. regardless, it is actually airing weekly rather than waiting. And I think that's the first time they've even come close to doing that in America, which is interesting. Yeah, but um, did they do that yeah. with Japan Sinks, or was that a binge? No, that I, I think they put that in blocks or something. Was, uh, I any I got to be honest, any show beyond the ones that you know we're talking about right now because of their new format, I have just always assumed we're released in the standard Netflix just like... Yeah. Batch Dump release. it all at once. Yeah. Like, I, Japan I definitely that... was released in the batch because I remember yes. people already talking about the ending like... Yeah, I, I, I think that came out that aired. all at once. Or like like something like Great Pretender where they did like in chunks. Yeah, right. yeah. But anyway, <sighs> like like we mentioned, the other show we were going to talk about here, Blue Period. <laughs> I, I, uh, just, I deeply want to think about Great Pretender, G. <laughs> yeah thank you thank you for <laughs> had to bring that up i'm sorry uh, um blue, blue period put abby in a better show i'm begging you please put abby in a better show uh, you, you don't don't even need a justification don't need an explanation just put her exactly as she was in a different anime i'm begging you just like put her put her in like komi-san and have her flip the bird at the camera exactly just put her there you don't need to change anything she doesn't even need to be a student she could just be like living in the in the attic of this fucking school building i don't care i don't know man we have people here who know how to use photoshop so <laughs> um yes so blue period uh yeah this is a this is a sure is one of those out, outcast discovers a talent and really wants to go for it shonen anime yeah like... <laughs> i gotta say as time has passed from me watching the first episode i think i like it less and less over time as i'm thinking about it i i didn't watch this anime because i started reading the manga having heard a lot of bunch of cool stuff about it and it's like good it's solid but it is like one of those you know, I never had anything going for me in my life, but now I'm going to dedicate it all to art, and I'm going to art school and talk to these right. art he, people oh, who kid, explain me to me don't. how uh -oh. art works. Like, yeah, like like he sees like <laughs> one painting where the girl colored the skin tones in green, and then like 48 hours later, I'm devoting my life. Oh, that's deep, like, bro. So like like a welcome to the ballroom type show. Yeah, or like yeah. smile at the runway, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like, but like my my thing like I, I was thinking about this like um I think it's supposed to be like capturing I because I think the author clearly like has a passion for art and I think mm -hmm. the author is trying to convey that to the audience and I don't think it's like getting through like because it's mean, all very like 
that's the problem like that's the problem you run into with this kind of show where you have like oh this is genius art or this is the most beautiful song ever and then they have to actually show that art or that song and it's right. like some generic bullshit there's no there's no way like, you can like, right. live up to that right or explain yeah. it right uh, but I, I was thinking about like the like the example. I'm sure there are many other examples, but one that just popped into mind re- from recent memory was uh, when I was watching uh, Given. If you guys remember uh-huh, that anime, uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. yeah. And the first What's couple episodes <laughs> of that have like the main guy learning how to play guitar, and they had like, like little like, little bits of like. Mm-hmm. What, what's that? Ira? Wasn't he like realistically terrible at it? Wasn't it? Well, he he was like an idiot in the first episode, but once he started learning how to play, it was like the author put in like little bits of things that happen to you when you're first learning to play guitar that like helped convey the experience and like the mm-hmm. joy of learning to play guitar when you first. And it wasn't just like you know telling you that guitar is awesome, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like it was it was it was sharing that experience. There, there, of there was some you, specificity to the journey. Yeah, like. Like like when he pl- when he first plugs the electric guitar into the amp and he strums it and he, it's like ooh like you get like a mm-hmm. yeah that, like that's a Your real feedback. feeling that if you've really played guitar like the first time you do it like the, the like sharing those kinds of experiences like rather than just saying man mm-hmm. guitar is awesome or whatever mm-hmm. um I feel like that's what was kind of lacking in the blue period thing where it was like they're just telling us that art is awesome and worth worth devoting your entire life to. Um, because we said so, and it was just right. like not like compelling to me at all. But that is a that is a problem that all these kinds of shows have to face. You know, like how do you how do you convey something that is like how do you convey something visually that is held up to such great standards? Like, uh, for example, um. There, like, like, say a show. Uh, there is a bunch of manga about dancing, for example, and then they like, oh, man. you know, yeah. at one point you will have your shonen moment where like the rival shows up and he does his dance, and everyone in the audience is like, "Wow, I've never seen a dance like this before!" Here. Like, so yeah. The thing, right? How like, do you like... animate that? Like, well, that's right. the, that's, so that's yeah. the problem. Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, I'll, and that's, that's some that's... of those. Mo- oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, I think we're probably gonna get to the same point here, mm-hmm. G, but. That basically, like, when it's in manga form, it's left to your imagination, yes. right? Yeah. And like, and whatever you animate is not going to be better than what you were imagining. Mm-hmm. Like, I would, in fact, argue a lot of this genre, subgenre actually tends to work pretty well in manga. Like, hell, yeah. Welcome to the Ballroom, I think, is a magnificent, like, work of manga. Like, I think that, like, they actually do a great job of conveying, like, the intensity of, like, dancing and, mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. of people who take it seriously. And, like, they actually do a pretty good job of portraying, oh, like, this dancer is good because of this reason. And a lot of that is because that, you know, that that panel, that when that character is dancing, that panel will have, like, way more intricate artwork. Right? <laughs> yes, it'll be a very well-drawn panel and to it's show like, that. It's, that's, that is a good shorthand to communicate, oh, this is meant to be impressive. But I think in the animated medium where, like, suddenly you now bring movement and sound into the equation... Yeah, like how do you live up to that? Mm-hmm. It's it's almost it rarely works out. Yeah. <laughs> and then on top of that you just have the standard thing in blue period where it's it's just so 
dry. Like you have your rival mm. and your sympathetic friend and the guy who's like, no, art is strictly business and I don't care about soul of art. I just do it to make money and stuff like that. Like wow, all that guy cliches. is literally that, that like, guy is literally the dumbest character in that show then because <laughs> nobody would go into art for the money. Let me tell you. Yeah. Uh, as a yeah. currently working professional artist, um, <laughs> nobody does this for the money. Yeah, and, and I mean, but, and, I mean, and, you and know, it, you know what I mean, right? But yes, you know, you I mean, your... for and for a story that I feel like should be trading in on like relatability or having some kind of like insight on r real life or whatever, like it does, like it doesn't feel, it feels detached from reality. It just feels like, yeah, uh, you know. Like this delinquent turning his entire life around as if being like, a delinquent like, like is, people a, don't is talk a choice like... and not simply, you know, a complicated thing that leads to all sorts of, that has all sorts of causes. People like... don't, people don't talk the way they talk in Blue Period or these mm -hmm. type of, just, mm -hmm. like, it's, it sounds like they're a manga and not like real people. Right. Um, also, anyway. I have to point out, Blue Period, the most interesting character in this show is taken out of the show in like chapter 12 and then barely Oops. shows up again <laughs> and that's really stupid <laughs> yeah well i think we've dunked on blue period hard enough here so yeah it's really not hashtag awful. justice for yuka like <laughs> it's really not awful like dude, like we're making it sound like it's the worst show of the season or something here but yeah. it's just but if you if you're interested in this just read the manga like yeah, maybe that's the best. Uh, this is not device. something that benefits from being an anime. Like, especially if we contrast this with Komi-san, which really does add value in anime. Whereas right. this is just like, yep, this is the manga, except now it's in color and slightly, like, moving the drawn slightly. slightly worse, and it's moving. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's wrap up by talking about uh, Sakugan. Let's bring guns. it back. Saxon guns. Uh -huh. um, Get out, Shi. We mix. We missed a. We missed a mecca on the street. We gotta. We gotta turn around. We gotta go pick it up again. Yes. <laughs> we missed. I, Big, how could you I, miss Big Tony? <laughs> this was probably far and away my favorite thing I watched. I mean, yeah. yes. Yeah. <laughs> I look. I hate. Look. I. I. I said. You know. I said this, Eero. I really want to hedge against this. Yeah. I, I hate to be the uh -huh. like boss getting getting a lot of boss baby vibes from this, but like, <laughs> dude, the fucking like first fifteen seconds of the OP is like fucking the most trigger ass thing that I, I have seen in a little while. I mean, I think like... there is a. I don't think this is a boss baby thing. There is a clear trigger inspiration in this. Like, uh, even someone who is not a like super trigger scholar like you are, like me, for example, can see that there is a very clear trigger inspiration here. So, uh, yeah, I mean, even beyond that, though, I think mm -hmm. it's it's just like it, this is you know I don't know. I hope this can keep up the energy uh, uh, better than Decadence could mm. in its final stretch, but... Uh... Oh, I think it's already doing better than Decadence was. Oh, I don't know, man. Decadence was really good for a very long oh, time. Dude, half, remember half, fucking, like, episode like, two of Decadence, dude? Remember when, like, the world collectively lost its mind? Like, right. <laughs> like, remember, remember, the, the, remember the shit mines? Like... Oh, the shit mines. <laughs> well, Might actually no, be my favorite about, single episode God. Yes. Uh, <laughs> all right. All right. Sakugan. It's... Coming back to Sakugan, um, yeah. this is like 
a new spin on the dad anime here. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> what if yeah, that yeah. anime, but also Gurren Lagan slash yeah. Made in Abyss? <laughs> Where it's <laughs> it's a it's a dad and his daughter on like a space yeah. colony or something. We don't really know yet. What if, what if they what if they gave Yotsuba a giant robot? And um, <laughs> and uh, you know they're they work on robots and they get tied up in, I guess, kaiju showing up at their colony yeah. and yep. they decide to dive into the abyss. Yep. <laughs> right, I mean, it's, it's it's very much a classic call to adventure. Like, yeah. Yes. Right, like... Through various you know, circumstances. And we, 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 there it's are, the hero's the, journey, you know, you have yeah, big you know, dreams. Our, our main characters, who I, I'm going to take the opportunity to say their names every time I get the chance, mm-hmm. uh, Mamempu and Gagumber. Yep. Um... <laughs> Gagumber. Oh, I, I fucking love it's such a good. It's a father, like father and daughter. Would say, father yeah. and daughter duo, right? Yeah, right. Like Memempu dreams of like exploring the land, you know, uh, becoming a marker. She's a precocious you know. genius child. Exactly. Gagumber is your fucking like kind of dirtbag, but well-meaning, like you know, deadbeat dad. It's like sex uh, dad from Garo, except without the sex. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and they're and they're, and they're yeah Tony. they're robot they're robot Big Tony, <laughs> and they go on adventures. Big right? Tony I mean, who has all the sex. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah it's just it's 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 a very likable like couple of you know uh, two episode introduction you know like they immediately kind of do a good job of setting up like yes this is the classic like precocious kid and like cynical like adult like relationship like. You know, they. I feel. I feel like they do a good job of selling it in the first episode. Yeah. You know, kind of like, you know, getting this idea that like Mamempu is like this girl who is just like filled with his boundless ambition, but like, maybe you know has not really not uh, been beaten down by life yet. Yeah. Exactly. Whereas Gagumber is like kind of a deadbeat dad, but there's also very much an implication of like, maybe this man has seen some shit. I mean, yeah, they imply. Like, they, they. I mean, they reveal he is an ex-marker, so right, he's been know, outside like, before. Like, I, I really turn around on, like, Gumber when he's having that conversation with, like, Walsh, the other dad, uh-huh. in that first episode, and it's just, like, it's kind of just good parenting talk, right? Like, it's yeah. just, like, two parents who clearly care about their kids a lot and, like, have maybe different ideas of, like, how to, like, go about that, like, kind of just having, like, a good-natured debate about how to raise kids. Yeah, and like I think, I th- I think what I like, uh, just with his character in general, is, like, in anime, you're typically either going to see like perfect parents or evil parents, <laughs> and and he, he's a he's a good dad because he cares, but he's also not a perfect person, right? Like he doesn't have the answer, all the answers, uh, and he's it, like much like your real parents, they don't have they did not have all the answers either, exactly. Uh, um, and I think that's area is not explored a lot in anime, which is kind of cool to see. Um, and the fact I that... mean, this is, like, basically, you have your Evangelions, which is shows made by people who are angry at their dad, and this is the opposite of that, which is shows made by dads who really love their kids. Like... <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. But yeah, it's, it's, um, you know, I actually don't know how much we can really get into this show, because honestly, it is kind of on the simple side, like, content-wise, but I just think it does, you know, it's a very likable show. I think it's, it's very charming. Um, yeah, it is. I think it is broad but deep. <laughs> you know, sure. Let's go. With that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
You know, that's probably that's probably a better that's a nicer thing I you know one could say about Sakagam than anything I could come up with because. <laughs> I'm just kind of here for the adventure, you know? I, I like what it's doing, you know? I'm mm-hmm. not necessarily expecting, like, any, like, huge revelations or, like, you know, deep thematic, like, things to get tackled here. But, you know, if this can just be a really likable story about, like, you know, yeah, a kid and her dad, like, both kind of struggling to figure each other out because, like, they are family, but also they the two could not be more different from each other. Yeah. And, like, just, you know... You know, probably over you know, probably over the course of this adventure, coming to see eye to eye with each uh-huh. other as they go through their trials and tribulations. Um, hey, if yeah, it's, and if it's I also want to dad anime with robots fighting kaiju. Then I mean, yeah, like this is the point. This is the point. I dig giant robots. You dig giant robots. <laughs> we dig giant robots. That's anime. Like, yeah. Uh, also, shout outs to Satellite for finally. Uh, Getting their shit together. (laughs) Well, yeah, just finally uh, using a more modern-looking style of CG rendering than their bad PS2 cutscene rendering that they used for every other CG show they were. Well, the monsters still look a little rough. The monsters look kind of rough. But the but the the robots look pretty good. Big Tony looks great, man. Yeah, Big Tony in particular looks great. Yep. Big Tony might actually be like 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 forget the spider robots, man. Forget Kyokai Senki, man. (laughs) Big Tony might actually be the best original mecha I've seen in in a little while now. Like he's a big friend. He has a drill, and he turns into a car. What else do you want? He's he's got like. Yeah, yeah. He's got, like a cool oh, faceplate. He has a little like, helmet like, and a backpack. Yeah, like he's got a. Oh yeah, he has like the backpack. literal backpack on him. Yeah, yeah. that's great. Like he's wearing a mech-sized backpack. Uh, <laughs> so good. So where, else not, is not he, since... where else is he gonna put all of his stuff? Yeah, his snacks. Not, not since the uh... leather backpacker. Like it's like little cartons of like crude oil. <laughs> yeah, not not since the magic book from Sakura Wars have I. Love the giant mech accessory as much as that background. Oh, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I it's another another show that looks great. Um, yeah, whether it be the robots or otherwise. Um, and yeah, I'm 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 down for the adventure for sure. Um, yeah, I kind <laughs> I was I was kind of curious, like. Because I, I feel like the first episode is pretty silly up until people started dying. Yeah, <laughs> until like the like pretty harsh tonal shift. At the and I'm like, end. oh, okay, we're we're uh, we're doing this. Okay. I mean, I'll put it this way: when I saw the Walsh family, I was this like, guy's dead. Right. One of these two is yeah. going to die. I was not ready for both of them dying. Rest in, rest in rest in peace, Linda. She didn't have proper pants, but she did have a heart. Rest in peace, Linda. Maybe she died because she has the most normal name in this cast. <laughs> yeah, she's too much of a normie Walsh, for a show. It was, it was Linda with a Y, though. <laughs> I guess, yeah. 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 Look, I'm just saying, when you're Linda Walsh and your next door neighbors with Mamempu and Gagumber. Like... <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. <sighs> Well, that that show, um, I like you said, G. It's it's kind of hard to explain why it's very good. So just go watch it. Um, yeah, I think. It I mean, my it's favorite. I think it's actually pretty easy to explain why it's good. <laughs> like it's that anime plus that anime with a robot. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's well, that's all you need really. Then, so <laughs> go check that out. Hopefully, I I feel pretty good about this one. I feel like I feel like there's less chance of this one falling apart than some of the other shows we talked about. 
Yeah, but, but I mean, we've also seen, like, we have seen shows fall apart, holy crap, yeah, have no, we no, seen shows thing. fall like, apart? Yeah, <laughs> like, if you want to ask me, like, yeah, like, point blank, what is my favorite show of the season so far, it's definitely Sakugan, but, yeah. like, I just feel like we've been burned so many times by shows with, like, just really magnificent, like, first impressions, Yeah, only to, like comically drop the ball the in, rolling like, girls effect <laughs> yeah just like utterly baffling ways right like well you know, sakugan has two good episodes i don't know if rolling girls made it to two good i mean episodes. The, oh the first episode know. of rolling girls was like a two-parter yeah rolling girls i think cumulatively had like four and a half pretty good episodes <laughs> yeah maybe it's through the course of its uh run <laughs> but all right well i think that's gonna do it then I guess see you uh, all on the next episode of the Big Tony Fan Podcast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what, what? I, I ordered that. I, I bought that. I, I ordered that Gunpla. Of course I ordered you the did. High, I, I ordered the high-grade Big Tony. I had to. Nice. That's out already? <laughs> yeah. it's it's Or pre-order, I think. I mean, strike so it while it's hot. Exactly. All right. We'll, we'll see how many of these are still around in two weeks from now. Sure. Uh, but for every for every show that drops off the list, we get closer to talking about Thunderbolt Fantasy again. So. Indeed. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, the it's real, to spin the, that off into its own spinoff. <laughs> the real best anime of the past uh, four years, but um, <laughs> we'll, I'm sure we'll find time to talk about it that. Is, and some of, also, and it is uh, by no quantifiable method an anime. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, um. <laughs> In our, in our hearts, it, it's... We can talk about it is, it is closer... Yeah, I was just about to say it's closer to Taku than it is to anime. Like Yes. Um, all right, and of course, we'll have the other shows coming back, like Aquatope and... Uh, oh, we'll, we'll talk about Fina Pirate Princess, oh, I'm sure. Boy. At least one oh, more we, time. Uh, we'll probably send off Fina Pirate Princess. At least one more time, podcast. we need to talk about that. We want to talk about shows torpedoing fast. Oh, um... Yeah. All right. So let's do our housekeeping. Uh, check us out at theglorioblog.com, particularly right now when we have all of our first looks for all the other shows, including others that we did not talk about. Um, follow us on Twitter at theglorioblog. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Amazon Music, Podbean, Stitcher, and of course, you can check us out on YouTube. You know, like, comment, subscribe, all that. Ring the bell. Uh, tell your friends, tell your enemies, and we'll catch everybody next time. Bye.